The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Gift with Robert Pruitt. This hour will motivate you to understand your significance and live your vision. It's a weekly discussion of a variety of topics designed to help you create a loving world through acts of service and more. Now, here is your host, Robert Pruitt. Welcome to The Gift. Uh, Today, I want to focus on, and I can still tie everything in to The Wizard of Oz, um, but loosely, I want to focus on what if Dorothy took all of the things that she did well or the things that she loved to do or the things that if she could spend her entire life doing them, what if she put those in service to others and found that at the same time she could make money? (laughs) And one of the biggest challenges I had uh, when I started RobertPruitt.com, which is for me a ministry, um, was the fine line between ministry and business. Um, and for me, the distinction is in business, the primary goal is to make money. I mean, that is the number one objective. You don't get into business to lose money, so then it's got to be to make it. And so all of your efforts, while maintaining values like integrity and honesty and all of that come into play, but you can maintain those, but you know, let's just be honest. Business is about making money. Where ministry, in its true essence, the definition of ministry in Greek is to serve. And while businesses serve, businesses serve for the purpose of gaining something. Ministry serves for the purpose of gaining something, but not for the individual that's serving, for the individual that is the beneficiary of the service and the servant receive something as a byproduct of the service they give. And it's a huge distinction. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that while I, I operate RobertPruitt.com as a ministry, there are business aspects to it that I absolutely need to know, from taxes to business licenses to business insurance. So, you know, the, without going too deep into it, the point here is, Part of my arrival in this moment and even having a radio show, I love to talk. I mean, you know, let's just, I was the kid that got, I set my behind in elementary school. I'm surprised they don't have a bench out in front of the principal's office dedicated to me because that's where I spent. You could tell it was Friday if you walked by Principal White's, uh, or we had a couple of principals. So uh, you walked by the principal's office and you saw me sitting in front of it, it had to be Friday and somewhere after about 11 a.m. because I was just talking my butt off. Easy to do for me, natural to do. Um, and, and there's a pattern that's there. And uh, I am blessed. I had an opportunity in February to reconnect with a friend of mine, Clifton Mosley, um, who is uh, head of the National Sales Network, 
the Los Angeles division, and there's a brother in the organization who is my guest, uh, which is Dr. Gerald Jackson. And uh, he and I just met and uh, had a conversation, and you all will get more information on his show uh, that is also on Voice America. And, um, you know, one of the things that I told him after he made it clear that he was going to launch his own show was let me know when you're going to do it, and then we'll have you on my show so that there's a wonderful segue. Uh, so the conversation isn't just about making money, but you can tap in and find out more about what he's up to and how it can support your continued growth. Um, but in the nutshell, this show is about taking a look at your talents, your abilities, your skills, and figuring out how you can make that dollar-dollar bill. Um, and being a hip-hop enthusiast and you know, having spent several years on the radio as a DJ and the whole nine, you know, there's an Eric B. and Rakim had an album <laughs> called Paid in Full. Um, and so, you know, let's figure out how we can take what you have, what you do naturally, so that you can not only serve people, but you can also serve yourself financially. So, Mr. G, Brother Gerald, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing excellently, and Robert, thank you so much for having me as a guest on the show. We appreciate the opportunity to share uh, some insights and, and uh, uh, just have a, a wonderful time conversating about business and, and uh, the attributes and, and uh, prerequisites of that. But at the same time, I, I love the way you, you spoke about it being a ministry for you and, and finding a way to coordinate those two entities so that they complement each other but at the same time that they bring value to the listener and to the end user. And that's uh, uh, a real special blend, if you will. Um, uh, when I started my business uh, about uh, 24 years ago now, one of the things that I, I initially did was started it because it was something I genuinely wanted to do. And, and to be quite honest, uh, I didn't so much start it just for the opportunity to build a client base, uh, but the reality of it was I, I started it because it was a way for me to express my gift, my talent, and, and share my abilities with the uh, business community around me and the client base that I would eventually build. Uh, but it, it was definitely a way to express what was in me and kind of sort of uh, get my song out of me, if you will, and, and that's how it really kind of got started. Now, fast-forwarding to today, uh, earlier this year, it became clear to me that my focus had um, been honed and refined more to to a priority skill set that led me to understand uh, from a spiritual perspective, uh, whereas my business has always had a, a ministerial component to it, uh, that is the greater end of it all now. So, so earlier this year, first quarter of, of 2010, I just began to to confess in my heart and, and to confirm in my, my spirit being that uh, the business has now transitioned to, for me, uh, what I would call uh, simply reminding myself that the business is a ministry that's wrapped in a business package. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, I'll give you an example of how that worked in the early years uh, of my company. When I would talk to a client, uh, I would you know say a prayer, before meeting with that client, ask God to direct my thoughts, uh, prepare that prospective client's heart for what I had to share, and uh, give me favor with that client.
client or that company so that we could uh, agree on terms, write the business, do the work, and they receive the the uh, end result of, of marketing, management, uh, promotion, uh, team building, disciplines, you know, whatever particular part of our service that they had uh, signed on for. I always wanted to make sure they got what they paid for. We delivered that excellently, and that was always the goal, to deliver it excellently. In the process of doing that, interestingly enough, because of my uh, Christian background, um, I would say things to the client that would kind of pique their interest, and as the conversation went along, at some times, not all the time, but there would definitely be times when the client would say, hey, well, we've done things this way for a very, very long time, and I see by your... uh, plan of operation, your your guidance and in instructing us to uh, frame some things up in this particular way. Uh, I mean, if we need to get a deal done, sometimes the client would say, if we need to slide an envelope under the table, if you will, to get that license we need or create that contract relationship we need, then, you know, we handle that. And I noticed you didn't say anything about that. And that, for me, uh, Robert gave me the opportunity to allow that ministry side to come forward. So I was in the door as a business consultant. But because I didn't engage in uh, various practices that that um, go on on a regular basis in, in everyday real life, I would get asked questions about that. It would give me an opportunity to share because at that point I would say to that client not to um, judge anyone or or um, browbeat uh, them, but it just gave me an opportunity to share. Well, you know that's one way to go. And you can get things done, and that's what's known as an acceptable business practice. It has been for thousands of years uh, on the planet. Uh, and I would just share with them, it's just my way of kind of maintaining a certain integrity level. Because if, for example, you slide an envelope under the table to get a thing done, and that thing that you had uh, informally agreed to do doesn't get done, you have no recourse. You have You can't take that person to court and say, well, you know, we made an agreement outside the boundaries of any legal document, and they didn't keep the agreement. You know, it, it doesn't work. And so if you're going to do reputable business where you have proper recourse and you have integrity and you're de- dealing with it in an honorable level, uh, you, you have to do things honorably. And that comes with a certain discipline. It absolutely comes from a heartfelt conviction that that's just how you roll and you decide to do it because you'll absolutely get opportunities to do it many different ways to conduct business in many different ways. So I found it to be a wonderful um, opportunity combined with the business um, uh, practice being presented at the same time, an opportunity to minister, uh, to plant that seed, to say, you know, here's another way to do it. The reason I don't do that is just because it doesn't work for me. I'm praying for God's blessings. I'm praying for God's favor. Now, if I'm going to get in God's way and do what I want to do to make a deal work, I'm not giving God any room to operate, and my faith is not being practiced. So it, for me, I share with the clients, uh, it's a way to practice what I preach. And when the blessings come, I can contribute them directly to God. And on a practical level, if you will, if there was some shenanigans by a client who decided to, you know, uh, hit a corner on me and go left and we agreed to go right, because I haven't done anything that, that uh, leaves me um, unprotected, I've got documentation on everything I've done. And so I'm within legal precedence to, to recoup, you know, any situation that caused some compromise in our agreement. And so that, that became the benefit. Uh, now, one of the things that I really like is, is, you know, is the philosophy you know, the philosophy that you base your thinking on day-to-day, your practice on year in and year out, and, and your discipline, 
uh, I share things with, with clients and friends that, that kind of undergird uh, some of the principles I'm sharing with you now when the question is asked, well, how did you get to that point? How did you become disciplined, and what was it about your relationship with God that inspired you to kind of hold that close to your heart and live that out day to day? Uh, and I said, it's by way of that intimate, abiding relationship that's been ongoing for me now uh, 37 years. And what that means is that I understood by being close to God and reading His Word what He wants, and it's about Him. It's not about me. It's about eternity, and to God be the glory. So in understanding what He wants, here's what I came to realize, is that God is not looking for golden vessels as much as He's looking for yielded vessels. And God uh, does not want your ability as much as He wants your availability. In other words, we are conduits that God is desiring to work through. So as we uh, stay attached to Him and His Word and learn of Him and maintain that rich fellowship, uh, there's a job he's working to get done on the face of this earth, what I call God's kingdom-building effort going on on the face of this earth. And he needs us, his sons and daughters, to carry that work out on an earthly uh, basis through this natural plane of, of the earth realm that we live in. But that that's really what it's about. It's not trying to be so good, great, perfect, and without blemish, because uh, in my humble opinion, as humans, we're just not going to reach that level. We can strive for it. Hold that right there, because that's where Dorothy was in her journey. Full of blemishes, but still somebody that had a powerful impact on the people that came into her lives. When we come back, we're going to go a little deeper into taking a look at the gifts that we have that we can use to serve others, and that in return can provide us with financial gain. You're listening to The Gift on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866-2-VOLUNTEER. Or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752, 800-994-6752. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back. We're talking with my brother Gerald. Not my real brother because I'm an only child, but y'all know what I mean. Uh, who is in L.A. and um, is spending his day with us to provide insight on how we can make money using our gifts. And, Gerald, I remember there was one young lady, a high schooler, who said her parents were arguing. Her parents said they would pay for business school, for her to go into undergraduate school and then ultimately you know, get her MBA. And she said, thank you, but I don't really want that. I want to dance and, you know, and help people learn how to dance, yada, yada. And her parents were like, well, thank you very much, but the only way we're going to pay for your education is if you take the business track. If you don't, then you pay for it on our own. So there was this huge impasse. She shares this with me, and I ask her, so let me ask you, what is it you want to do with the dance? And once she got out of her way, she, it began to flow that, she wanted to open up a nonprofit where she could invite kids from around the neighborhoods and suburbs that would come in and learn, you know, different dance disciplines. And she wanted to make it something that was cost-effective for everybody. So this wasn't for the upper echelon, nor was it just, a, you know, kids from, from lesser means, if you will, experience. It was for everybody to come together. And everybody was on a level playing field, that level playing field being they were dancers and the money wasn't going to be an issue. I said, really? So you want to start a nonprofit? And she said, yeah. I said, well, I, I, I operated a nonprofit. And one of the things that I got clear about was that you must run a nonprofit like a business. And she was like, yeah, okay. And I said, so do you think you're going to need money to start this? She was like, yeah. And I think you're going to have a budget with overhead? And she was like, yeah. And are you going to have staff, volunteer or non? She was like, yeah, and people to run and manage. Hmm, sounds like a business to me. So isn't it wonderful that without you knowing it, your parents are giving you the gift of a free education that will support and create a foundation for the very entrepreneurial endeavor that speaks to your heart. So I'm inviting you while we finish this program to go out on your phone. Tell them you were tripping. Now you have a new awareness of the opportunity that is before you that allows you to marry your love of dance coupled with the desire to open a nonprofit dance studio and their love of business. Thank you. I accept your check. We're missing stuff, Gerald, because we're not aware of the opportunities in front of us because we need to see things or have them look a certain way. And I'm not saying there aren't times where things need to look a certain way. Integrity, you know, it needs to look like integrity. Um, but, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm without a vehicle and you give me a Honda and in my mind I think I need to be driving a Jaguar, I can say no to the Honda, but it may be a minute before I get that Jaguar. So what am I doing in the meantime? You know, when the gift was, hey, I gave you a Honda and had you driven the Honda, you would have gotten another job which would have gotten you a promotion sufficient enough for you to get that Jaguar, but you said no to the Honda. And so many of us are saying no to our talents, to our abilities to run, babysit, draw, color, 
uh, make arts and crafts, design websites, speak in public, write speeches, understand politics, teach. I mean, there are so many things that we do. And I heard you say that for you in that first segment, that everything that you were doing was really under, undergirded or supported by your Christian foundation. And that led to a sense of integrity with how, with which you run, ran then, because it was a historical conversation, and are still running your business. So my question to you, Gerald, so that you can just school our peeps before we go to break, what is it that you became aware of? The, you know, one or two specific skills or abilities or talents that you have that you are still using today, and what did you need to acknowledge in the process of allowing yourself to use your gifts? Well, first off, you, you, you hit on some excellent points, and, and you made some outstanding observations. And, and so let me, let me go to that first question about awareness. Uh, uh, and it's, it's so interesting to me, Robert, of how it's going to actually dovetail right into that uh, example that you just gave, because when I was in high school, uh, this is going back uh, about a thousand centuries ago now, <laughs> but when I was in high school, uh, somewhere around my 11th grade year, my junior year in high school, I uh, had a, 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 a vision, an internal spiritual awareness uh, and awakening, if you will, um, by almost literally, or what I would uh, say literally was, a voice that I heard as I was walking through the uh, one of the hallways going from one uh, class, third period to fourth period, it might have been uh, while I was in high school in Inglewood, California, Inglewood High, and uh, that voice just clearly said to me, I'm going to make you a millionaire. And I knew it was kind of a strange experience for me because I had to that point, I was, you know, maybe... 17 years old or so, and I had never even thought about becoming a, a millionaire. That was not, you know, I was not one of those folks that said, you know, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 21, or I want to make a million dollars in my life. I had never quantitated uh, uh, money to that degree. I just knew I needed it and was looking forward to making a lot of it, but there was no specific goal about, you know, becoming particularly a millionaire. But that voice came to me. And in the instance that it came, I remember responding because it kind of caught me off guard a little bit because nobody was around me, and it was literally like an audible voice that said that. And uh, I had been uh, a Christian since I was 12, so so this was about a five-year uh, spiritual relationship I had already had with God, and we you know communicated with each other. And not to this point. I was very new to hear like what was, I would say, uh, literally an audible voice. But I remember the first thought that came to me after that was, okay, <laughs> all right, I'm all right with that, and that, that sounds like it, it'll work pretty good. And then I remember just kind of sort of saying, well, God, why is it that that figure is there and that you kind of just are very pointed about that, that you're going to make me a millionaire because I've really never been, you know, all caught up in money to that degree that I'm trying to pursue being a millionaire. And in, in my spirit being, that's when the response came back that was pretty much to this extent. That's why I am going to direct your footsteps to bring you into those type of resources because you're not lusting for it. You're not clamoring after it. You'll, you'll allow me to bless you to that extent, and then because it's not something that you're all caught up in, uh, you'll allow me to use you. So I'll be able to direct those dollars and, and 
the flow of that uh, currency through your life into the hands to bless ministries, individuals, grow and expand uh, uh, companies and things of this nature and bless individuals. Uh, and you'll live a rich life because you, you have those kind of resources to work with. And so, again, it just kind of fit and made perfect sense, and I was okay with it. Now, the backstory on that is this. When I started um, bowling at about, wow, eight years old or so, when I was in elementary school, literally in about the uh, second or third grade, uh, I went to a bowling alley that was about ten minutes from my home uh, in Inglewood, and actually a friend of mine, a buddy of mine that lived next door, he was already bowling in the youth leagues at a place called Manchester and Western Bowl in Los Angeles, and he invited me to go with him on Saturday. Come bowl, we have a good time, it's young people, come bowl on Saturday morning. So eventually I did, and uh, got really excited about it, became fairly good at it, and, and just enjoyed that experience. So what I learned in the bowling alley was that in the evening times and throughout the week, they had adult leagues. And they always needed scorekeepers, people who would, you know, keep the scores. At that time, they didn't have automatic scorekeepers. This was in the, uh, uh, you know, uh, early 70s, pretty much. And so everybody kept score by hand. So they would pay people like 50 cents per person. There'd be five people on a team, uh, 10, 10 folks on the two teams. they pay you 50 cents uh, a person to keep score. So that's like $5 a night. And to somebody who's in the third or fourth grade, you know, all you want to buy, or in my case, I was just interested in, in licorice and Dr. Peppers and, you know, junk food, which I didn't need to be having. But if you had a few nickels in your pocket, you can go to the grocery store or the, or the corner store and buy that stuff. So having $5 was kind of something big to me, and I could earn it myself. I didn't have to ask anybody. I could just work and earn it. So I told my parents about it because I knew I'd keep score pretty well, and, and they said, well, we'll do it as long as it's a supervised situation. So they met the captain of the team that wanted to hire me, uh, the adult you know, league, that captain of that team that wanted to hire me to be their team scorekeeper on Tuesday nights from uh, 6 to 8.30. And my parents would drop me off and then come pick me up at 8.45 and I'd earn my little money and, and started off there. So I started working at a very, very early age. And um, as I grew and began to become into that awareness of what I like to do and what kind of caught my attention, here was the next thing. It was people. I really, really enjoyed working around people. And then the next awareness came is that I was blessed to have an aptitude for business. I understood business, the idea of having a product, service uh, that you extended to an end user that you attached a monetary value to and got paid for it and then began to grow that and expand it. For me, it started off as just keeping score. So when I began to keep score at a bowling alley, other teams would like how I kept score and they would say, could you do it for us on Thursday nights? And then it just grew. So I learned that if you take care of your business, do your job well, you'll get attention and other people will want you to do what you're doing for someone else. They want you to come do that for them. And so I was learning this as a, as a very early age. So by the time I got to high school, I was so clear in my mind that I knew I would talk to my buddies and my close friends about this who also had, you know, kind of business acclimates. We would just talk at that early age and say, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do in life for sure, but one thing I know is going to include and be centered around is business. 
whatever I do in life is going to have something to do with business. And I was talking like this as a 10th and 11th grader in high school. Used to wear my little shirt and ties, had my little briefcase where most people were carrying books in their hand. I wanted to look like a little lightweight businessman. So I put my slacks on, had my little shirt and tie and my attache case. And and all the other students just thought it was so cool because they were like, man, you look like a grown-up right here with us in school and you know about that business stuff. So I didn't get teased about it. I got well-respected because I handled myself in a way like I was just a little lightweight businessman in in school learning my business. And uh, it was fun. It was a little novelty thing because uh, it encouraged other people to start dressing up a little more because I was getting a little bit more attention from the girls and some of the other guys. So they was thinking, well, let me get some slacks and a shirt. And it just it became kind of turned into a little fun thing because everybody raised up a notch and we all started dressing better because of that example. But the awareness came with business, loving people, wanting to be in business. Now the next thing was the acknowledgement. Let me me hold that because I want to pick up on the acknowledgement when we come back from the break and talk about acceptance because one of the things that you did touch on it um, without having even gone deep into it, and that is acknowledging that this was just who you were. To dress up and have this natural inclination to understand business is something you get to acknowledge because some people might be able to identify the things they like to do or their abilities or skills but they won't acknowledge them. They will devalue them. Or they will say that they're, you know, it's nothing major or I don't know what I can do with that. And acknowledgement is part of embracing the existence of that thing. We'll talk more about that uh, when we come back from the break. You are listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach. But what held the boys' eyes in awful trance were the figures, the eaters of men, cannibals. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing through the jungle. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, thinking only of its canoe. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. Haiti has been hit hard by a massive earthquake. Hundreds of thousands of children and families are suffering and without basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene to save lives. Your donation is urgently needed. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. 
Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back with my guest, Dr. Gerald Jackson, who is providing us with some something to think about regarding how you can take the things that you like to do um, and really begin to make money from them. And I would say, you know, so far we've talked about your awareness, uh, Gerald, of uh, not only the spiritual voice that said, I will guide you to make money, um, and using your talents in, in service to others. So let me say that, because this isn't God's going to tell you I'm making a million dollars without God putting you to work. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, all right, so let me just be real clear. So, oh, nobody's emailing me talking about I'm, you know, telling people God's going to give you a million dollars. And I'm not saying that he won't, but you're going to do work for other people to get that million dollars. Absolutely. Um, so there's the awareness of that. There's also the awareness that in your high school years of how you dress, carried yourself. Everybody else got a briefcase, so, I mean, that book bag and holding their books, and you walking in with slacks pressed. I'm sure you had that that number one razor blade <laughs> singular. <laughs> I don't even need to finish. Crease down the middle of your pants, you know, looking sharp. But, again, the feedback from your peers was you look like you're doing business, and that is precisely what you're doing. So there's the acknowledgement of that. And I'd like you to speak to, you know, your willingness to acknowledge that these are just some things that were natural for you, that natural business inclination, and also share with us perhaps what you struggled with that ultimately you needed to accept in order to serve God more aptly and to generate more money. Sure. I, I would I would first say that the thing that I would uh, want the listeners to really embrace and, and get their heads around is the understanding of how important it is to know absolutely with a clear certainty that what you think about, you bring about. It very much speaks to the law of attraction. What you focus on, you draw to yourself. Now, there is a word that I would love everybody to literally write down because it is one of the most essential things that I'm going to share during our time together. And, and this word is so absolutely important to me. I, I want to emphasize it so much to the point that I'm literally asking the listeners to write this word down. And that word is trust, T-R-U-S-T. It is incredibly important once you are clear about what your gift is and you're clear about what it is that you now need to do going forward, particularly as it relates to, to business and the, and the practice of serving others through your business. Um, it's incredibly important to trust that you are properly prepared, that you are ready, and that you are now in a position to engage and deliver the services for which, you, which you've been trained. Now, there's several uh, prerequisites to that, if you will. Um, being a business management consultant, I would absolutely encourage you and literally exhort you uh, as listeners to, if, you have, if you're not already in business, 
and you're aspiring to be a business person or if you are in business and you want to take your work to the next level, uh, I would absolutely encourage you to to study your skill set so that you're prepared and trained to, to do the best job you can do with excellence, that you have a mindset that says and understands that you want to be passionate about what you do. So let's let's talk about that acceptance piece and, and the trust pieces. I want to kind of build on that, particularly as it relates to being in business and making money and, and serving and how those two are all interconnected. Um, the, the trust factor is so much so that you can be able to say, now this has everything to do with pressure. It's easy to be in your home or your room or even in your office and decide what you want to do or the night before at 4 o'clock in the morning you wake up with this grand vision or this idea that you want to bring to the marketplace or, or this product that you want to introduce in, into the market. And that's the easy part. Let me assure you that's the easy part. Thinking about it in the consciousness of your own mind or talking about it in the comfort of your own inner circle with your friends, family, and, and, and business colleagues. Uh, the more difficult part, the challenging part, where the pressure is going to come in is where you actually have to begin to deliver on what thought you were given and what idea you now need to develop. So here's what I want to share with you about that. Be properly prepared and ready to move forward because spiritually speaking, I'm saying this. It's just my humble opinion that there are several things that are going to happen from a spiritual standpoint standpoint, and a few things that are going to happen on your side from a natural standpoint. From God's side, there is what I call God's divine will for your life, God's divine timing for your life, and God's divine season of harvest for your life. This uh, uh, makes up what is happening universally, that God is kind of uh, allowing the universe to conspire with you to help you bring about your ideas, your passion, and that which you uh, conceive, and that that which he has birthed into you. Now, while that process is happening, because that's a, a time-sensitive situation, and from a spiritual standpoint, if you'll allow me to share this one other item, it's this. In life, there's two types of time. There is man's time, which is chronos timing, that deals with the clock and calendar. By this date, at this time, you need to make this happen. Uh, God does not work on that. God works on what's, what's known as Kairos timing. That's God's divine timing for things. So we have a, by this date on this time, I need to make this happen. And God may not have that design to take place in his timing for another three days or a week or maybe a year. So what should we be doing while we're entering that process of God's divine will, God's divine timing, and God's divine season of harvest for our life? There's something we can do, and that's this. Be properly prepared and ready. So you're going to need to have some patience. You're going to need to have some trust. And then when you drill that down and you kind of navigate those waters and you're actually into the process of doing what you do with your product or service and you're in business and you're accepting the fact that I now know this is my calling, this is my purpose. Uh, let me share this with you on that, touching very briefly on that area of purpose. I'm defining that this way. Purpose is that thing which is in you that you would do if no one else valued it. That thing that you would do if no one else paid attention to you while you were doing it, and that thing that you would do if no one else said thank you to you after you've done it. When you can discover those things, and I would encourage you to, if you need to, sit quietly in a room alone for about 20 minutes and meditate on that inside yourself for a whole day if you need to. Come up with the answers for that, and that's going to be unique for each person, but that, that's incredibly important that you, you, you take the time to do that because that's going to help you identify your purpose. Uh, for me, uh, as an example, 
I knew I loved business. I knew I loved people. I knew I loved helping people in business. I knew I had an aptitude for business. I knew that I could help people if they had a business idea, concept, or something of this nature. I could help them structure their organization. I could help them establish the disciplines they were going to need to move through that process by dotting their I's, crossing the T's, having the licenses they needed, putting the staff in place, uh, the marketing plan, uh, having a sound organizational operation so that it ran smoothly, book good good bookkeeping, good marketing, all of that stuff. Uh, I, I could show them how to do that. But the, the idea of, for me, I was wanting to just help people. So I didn't have uh, all the pedigree at first, uh, you know, the credentials that I would gain, you know, as the years went by. I didn't have all that at first. I just got started with about $178. Just got out there and, and uh, started doing to what I trust. To trust that, that where you are in your life is sufficient for that moment. Yeah, the, the 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 moment of preparation and and knowing, as you said, where you are is huge because that's the starting point. I have a little philosophy that I uh, use and share, and that's it. And that's particularly what I'm talking with the client. I'll, what I work to do, I would say to them, is I'll help you go from where you are to where you need to be, and from where you need to be to where you want to go in business. And so uh, the the acts the the acts the the actual components of that is is particularly from a spiritual standpoint and i want to go into how that money is made how you tie that in is simply this with the acceptance component once you get past the stage of knowing who you are loving that and doing what you love finding a way to bring that to the market in a business uh uh context which for me was you know a consultant uh then i i started helping people now what i what i had a problem with because you asked me about that what was some of the hurdles what were some of the obstacles mm-hmm. unfortunately when i grew up i didn't have that environment uh uh, uh that that kind of taught me how to embrace money and feel good about money uh there was not very many positive conversations going around about money in my household what i heard was there ain't enough of it money's hard to come by if i ask for some of it who do you think i am rockefeller money don't grow on trees i don't have a money tree out there it kind of made me think that money was this hard thing to come by so when i grew up and i was a grown person who had started a business when folks would tell me you know i share my little fee and what we need to have you know for me to get started and get paid well i don't have that but uh as soon as this takes off i'm gonna pay you well and my attitude was okay that must be the way it is so let me just help you so you can take off and pay me well i did my part and when things took off for them, unfortunately, I was starting to hear more of, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get back to you on that. We got this new uh, uh, bill that came in or this set of situations going on. I can't pay you right now, but I'm going to get to you. So I found out I was doing a lot of work and not getting paid for it, but hearing a lot of excuses. So here's what I want to share with you on the side of first, trusting your gift and your talent and putting it out in the marketplace, but also be disciplined in the area of how you go about that. How do you make money in that process? Here's what you do. First of all, be honest with yourself and understand that it's an exchange of energy. You're taking your ability, knowledge, and talent and helping someone else who needs that gift to get them where they want to go. Uh, You charge them a prescribed fee for that. You collect that money up front either by way of a deposit or paid in full, however you need to work that out. And then you have to become 
this will probably need to happen before you even are willing to stand and deliver and get your money for what you're asking, you know, someone, you know, to pay you for. You're going to have to be confident enough that you can deliver on that job. How do you get to that point? Because you've accepted the fact that this is what I do. I'm properly prepared. I've received the proper training. I've taken the time to gain experience either by working in the field like I did. I just started working and learning how to, the business of being in business, how to do invoices, how to get my money up front, yada, yada, yada. Or if you're fortunate enough, it's an easier way to do it, and that's connect with a firm that already does that. So you can kind of be an intern and work for someone else uh, hey, Darryl, who has that. Let me, put a, let me put a pin right there because I wanted to hear what you were going to say after confidence, and we were about 35 seconds from break. But mm-hmm. the confidence piece leads to this last segment. With the confidence, then you can take appropriate actions. So when we come back from the break, not only do I want you to share your contact information with us, Um, including your show that people can listen to and download uh, your previous shows. But I want to talk about when you stand in that confidence, what actions, specific actions, can can my listening audience engage in today, tonight, this week? So we'll talk about the actions we can take standing in our confidence. When we come back from the break, you're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to RobertPruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit RobertPruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752, 800-994-6752. Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866 866- to volunteer or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to the gift. 
Welcome back. We're talking about how to take your talents, skills, abilities, your experiences, use those to serve others, and also benefit financially from it. Um, and my guest, Dr. Gerald Jackson, uh, is sharing so much rich, 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 rich information. And one of the things that um, I want to say before, Gerald, I ask you to give contact information and then maybe one or two specific things that we can do. You know, I, w- I want to say the first word, uh, first thing I became aware of was the word entrepreneur. It was the first word I learned to spell, and my mother uh, was responsible or is responsible for that. And I had to acknowledge that in everything I did from snow removal to planting flowers to running errands at the store at a young age for people, uh, taking matchbox cars and, if you wanted yours, blue, coloring it in blue and then giving it to you and making exchanges on the playground in fifth grade. And if you wanted to go to 7-Eleven but your parents wouldn't, I'd run to the store in elementary school, go get the candy you wanted, and put something on top for me. So if it was 25 cents for that marathon bar player, you know you were paying me 50, 50 cents for that because the brother had, you know, I had some energy I had to expend to get to and from. You know, to the place. So to know that that seed had been planted um, and then to acknowledge that, yeah, that's how it's showing up as a pattern of behavior and then to accept that, you know, entrepreneur is an indelible part of who I am. Uh, that coupled with a book that I received years ago called Hitch Your Wagon to a Star. And in a leadership context, you know, there are all of these modalities uh, with respect to how people lead. And in this book, there's a parallel between leadership and business. And we know that because a lot of what leadership development and training is now came from the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, but number one, it said to really take a look at what your style is. So here you and I are talking about entrepreneurship and people starting a business, but what I think we also need to tap in, and maybe this is the action that I'll give, and then, Gerald, you come behind with a couple of your own. Pick okay. which one of these three categories resonates with you. Number one, do you or are you the person that's the big picture person and you can generate the idea but you don't do well at implementing or sustaining? Or, number two, are you great at coming in and modifying and implementing something that somebody else has already come up with? Or number three, are you great at implementing, uh, coming up with the idea, designing it, implementing it, and sustaining it? You've got to be clear about which one of those categories you fall into because it will make your ability to make money so much easier. Because if you're the person that can come in and look at what exists, and which is what a consultant does by and large, and you can help people shape it and then you exit the relationship, you will find that you are using your tools and skills in an efficient and powerful way. But if you attempt to link up with somebody because you think the money's going to be good, they're expecting you to stay around for years, and you're ready to roll, problematic. So I just wanted to throw that in there, particularly with respect to the words you gave us, uh, Gerald, trust and discipline. Trust that whether you're you know, number one, number two, or number three, that that really represents who you are. Be disciplined enough to operate within your strength, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get people to support you with your weaknesses, but you get to operate from your strengths. So before you give a tip, give us your contact information, uh, Gerald. Sure. Uh, I could be reached toll-free at 877 
877-774-9494. Again, that's uh, toll-free, 877-774-9494. Also, if you care to, you can uh, reach me by way of email at questions at gejackson.com. Again, that's questions at gejackson.com, and our website is www.gejackson.com. And that's the uh, contact information. Uh, also, I want to humbly submit that, Robert, there, I would uh, say there's a fourth area in there in, in terms of those three categories you shared. There is creating the idea. There is uh, advancing that idea to its operational or implementation stage. There is refining the idea, kind of being the critical eye to see is it at its best stage or are we ready to release it or do we need to work on it a little more. But I would say there's a fourth area. Uh, that may not be the person's skill set who developed it, designed it, advanced it, or is critiquing it, and that is someone who can sell it. You need to have someone who has the ability to, to paint that p- p- the vision in the customer's mind uh, so that they'd be really willing to part with dollars to buy it. So after it's created and ready for market, you need somebody to sell it. Not all people that create can sell, so there's that skill set. Uh, and then I would also say to some people, uh, a lot of people that can sell, they don't have the patience to refine and create and develop. They just can give it to me and I can sell it type thing. So there may be a fourth area that folks want to be aware of too. Find a good salesperson, a good sales team that will market your product and get it out there so you can make money. Uh, The action-oriented tip I would say is this. Um, Starting where you're at is probably the key because everybody's going to be on different paths along their journey. Some people don't have a business at all and they're kind of wondering, how do I take this vision, this idea and, and get it to market? How do I get started? Some people are in business and they want to, you know, how do I take that action step to go to the next level? Here's what I would say in both cases. If you have an idea and you're not in business and you don't know exactly how to get started or how to bring the best of your talents to the market, I would say start where you're at. And if that means going to the library, for, for example, if you want to be an airplane pilot and, and that's what you want to do career-wise, but you don't have any idea how to do that, well, the first thing I would do, and you say, well, I, I don't know how to get it started and that's going to take a long time. Actually not. You can start today right where you're at, and here's how you can do it. You can be in high school. Uh, you can be in middle school, for that matter, if you have a certain career path you want to follow, and it just seems like it's going to be a long way before you can actually embark on it. That's not true. You can start right where you're at today, and here's how you can do it. If you're in middle school, high school, or an adult who hasn't got started, and let's say you want to be a pilot, go to the library. That's the first step. Get the information you need that tells you how to do. Get the background on what it is that you want to do. When you go to the library and study upon how to become an airplane pilot and, and aviation, you'll start getting information that will give you uh, valuable tools to learn how to hone your craft and then eventually become a pilot. Obviously, the next thing you want to start looking into is flight school. You can go to any airport in the city, Los Angeles. Uh, we just happen to be in Los Angeles. So I live in Los Angeles, but whether you're in Philadelphia, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, any uh, metropolitan city will have an airport. You can walk to that airport, and right on the curbside, you'll see pilots and flight attendants coming from the hotels they stayed in the night before coming to the airport to catch their flight. Politely and respectfully introduce yourself to one of those pilots and say, if you know that's your goal to be a pilot, and say, you know what, I want to do what you do someday. Is there a way that I could maybe be mentored by you or you could show me some steps or point me to the direction of how you went from where you got started to actually showing up in the airport to go fly a plane? And they'll be more than happy to tell you that. If you want to be an accountant, if you want to be a singer, whatever 
modality uh, you, you travel or, or have an interest in, you can kind of take that same path, you know, go to the library, go to a firm that does that, and then find a person that's doing it, that's good at it, mm-hmm. and, and let them help you be guided to the next steps. They'll be more than happy, nine out of ten, they'll be more than happy to guide you and share that with you. So that's the action step you can take right now. Uh, the other thing I want to encourage you let me Let me say this. I'm going to have to ask anybody that's interested to email you or to call you just because we are out of time, and I want to make sure that we get information in on the radio. But one of the things that they can do following the tip that you gave is they can start with what they have available to them, and what they have available to them is your telephone number. Please give that again. It's 877-774-9494. And your email? Is questions at gejackson.com. And then I also know that you have a radio show, so they can tune into that. They can download shows and contact you through that. So what is Please give us the name of your show and the channel that it's on. We sure do. We're grateful to be uh, a host on Voice America on the 7th Wave channel that uh, is a live broadcast that takes place on each Monday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. The show is called Business, Purpose, Profit, and You. Uh, And again, that airs each Monday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time on the 7th Wave Network on voiceamerica.com. My man. Gerald, thank you so much. A lot of rich information, and I love that it's just a teaser. So for anybody that wants whatever that second tip is, you've got a telephone number, email address, website address, and you can check on every Monday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, standard time on the seventh wave, and check out the business show that he has and download like you do my shows. Download his shows for free. Gerald, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Thanks for having me, Robert. I appreciate it. My pleasure. For all of you, please take time to figure out what your gifts are and allow yourself uh, to receive the value of your giving and of your service to others. As always, thank you for listening. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Gift. Join your host, Robert Pruitt, again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thank you again for spending part of your weekend with us. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.